Today is Wednesday, July 19th. The title for our devotional is Cheap Substitutes. Have you ever bought a replacement part or something that looked great online, but when you got it in the mail that was cheap and a total piece of junk? It happens all the time. I think of the time that we bought our kids tablets. They were young, so we didn't think that they would care too much, so we got them some cheaper tablets. I won't mention the brand in case you're a fan. Suffice it to say, they were not iPads, which I was used to. When we got them out of the box, they were light, seemingly hollow. The cover felt like it was going to just fall off. The processing system was slow, and the operating system was very confusing. Those lasted about a year, and I got frustrated, so I bought them old iPads. That's kind of how I feel about these substitutes for worship. Why worship these things when you can have the real thing? So today and tomorrow, we're going to look at some of these churchy things that become cheap substitutes or facades for real worship. Religious duties is one. First of our cheap substitutes that we worship is simply religious duties or service. Doing things for God. After Saul disobeys the commands of the Lord and offers sacrifices in place of his obedience, Samuel confronts him in 1 Samuel 15, 22-23. Does the Lord delight in burnt offerings and sacrifices as much as in obeying the Lord? To obey is better than sacrifice, and to heed is better than the fat of rams. For rebellion is like the sin of divination, and arrogance like the evil of idolatry. Because you have rejected the word of the Lord, he has rejected you as king. Saul thought that he would be justified for disobeying the word of the Lord if he did so in the name of offering sacrifices to God, just duties. As Christians, we do this all the time. We come to church to make ourselves feel good while disobeying God's word to forgive someone who has offended us. We give money to the church while withholding charity to someone in need. We work tirelessly to help those in need while doing so begrudgingly instead of joyfully as an act of worship to God or without worshiping God altogether. Second is personal righteousness. So, in spite of what Samuel said to Saul and how God had rejected him as king because of his disobedience, obedience is incredibly important, yet scripture also reveals that obedience to the words of God is not sufficiently worshipful either. Isaiah criticizes the people of Israel, saying that their righteous acts were like filthy rags. Here in Isaiah 64, 6-8, All of us have become like one who is unclean, and all our righteous acts are like filthy rags. We all shrivel up like a leaf, and like the wind our sins sweep us away. No one calls on your name or strives to lay hold of you, for you have hidden your face from us and have given us over to our sins. Yet you, Lord, are our Father. We are the clay, you are the potter. We are all the work of your hand. Isaiah here prays and says that the righteous acts are all like filthy rags because no one calls on God's name or strives to lay hold of him. No one truly desires God and worships him. As we said on Monday, God was not the people's total object of affection and adoration. He was not their supreme desire. In a religious culture, like church, there can be a strong temptation to righteous deeds becoming the object of our affection. The true object of our desire could be one of two things. One, to satisfy a misguided desire of personal holiness apart from Christ that we have in and of ourselves. Or two, to appear holy to gain the approval of others. In this instance, one is worshiping their righteousness, themselves or others, not God. Obedience then must be an act of worship to God. Our hearts must be, quote, close to God, as Jesus says in Matthew 15, verses 7 to 9. He says, you hypocrites, Isaiah was right when he prophesied about you. These people honor me with their lips, but their hearts are far from me. They worship me in vain, Jesus says. Their teachings are merely human rules. Their worship was not from their heart. Their hearts were far from God. Third, you can think of like things like heritage, nationality, zeal, knowledge, things like that. 
In Philippians 3, Paul lists a number of things that he used to put his trust in, but no longer because he has found Christ. Philippians 3, 4 through 11. If anyone else thinks he has reason for confidence in the flesh, I have more. Circumcised on the eighth day of the people of Israel, of the tribe of Benjamin, a Hebrew of Hebrews, as to the law, a Pharisee, as to zeal, a persecutor of the church, as to righteousness under the law, blameless. But whatever gain I had, I counted as loss for the sake of Christ. Indeed, I count everything as loss because of the surpassing worth of knowing Christ Jesus my Lord. For his sake I have suffered the loss of all things and count them as rubbish, in order that I may gain Christ and be found in him, not having a righteousness of my own that comes from the law, but that which comes through faith in Christ, the righteousness from God that depends on faith, that I may know him and the power of his resurrection and may share in his sufferings, becoming like him in his death, that by any means possible I may attain the resurrection from the dead. This is the, the words of a man who worships. I want to end today with the words of G. Campbell Morgan. In this section, he's talking about how our forms or ceremonies of worship, apart from, quote, the deeper fact of life, or he's referring to as our inner life, the inner movements of our hearts, are appalling to God. He says, These things he hates when they become the grave clothes wrapped about death. The true ideal of worship is that of man communing with God. Reflection time today. Reflect on if there are any religious forms that you have substituted for worship of God himself.